Christmas is all about gifts. Amen. Brass tacks, you know what I'm talking about. I won't lie to you if you don't lie to me. It is, and that's fine. And so I want to talk about um, gift giving from John 3 and 4, looking at the, the story of the Samaritan woman. If you have your Bibles with you, you're welcome to to read about it along with me. Um, gifts are just so good. Bell for kids? I need, can I get some head nodding action? <laughs> Presents are okay. Lego sets are okay. That's not so bad. There are some gifts that are pretty easy to receive. Like when somebody drove by my office on Friday with some homemade um, almond bark and the, the chocolate was like this thick. It was like literal tree ant thickness bark. That was not a hard present to receive. Just thank you. And I, I will show my Christian character by informing my family members that I got this gift and sharing it with them. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's not a lot left by now. There are some, it's just so easy sometimes. The great thing with a gift is that it's for free, right? That's why you like it. Something valuable for free. It's not a gift if you have to pay for it. But getting gifts is so good. There are some gifts, though, that aren't super easy to receive. Sometimes. So let me just make up some potential examples. So maybe you're taking care of some kids, your parent, or something like that. And, uh, Uncle and aunt, money bags, or grandma and grandpa spend too much. They they come over, it's Christmas Day, and they're like, guess what? We got you a pony! Ah! And the kids are freaking their heads out, and mom and dad are like, this is not an easy gift to receive. <laughs> we really wish you would have talked to us about this beforehand, because um, we live in an apartment. Right? That would be a hard gift to receive, a pony, especially after it had eaten a few hay- bales of hay. Hard gift to receive, um, growing up gifts. I remember when my brother was had just graduated from high school, and he was transitioning, right? So usually you get a video game almost every every year, and then all of a sudden it was, congratulations, it's a lamp. Merry Christmas, you got a lamp. And socks, socks and a lamp. That's, it wasn't the easiest to receive, because the expectation was here, and the lamp was, I'm not even going to say. Somebody's like, they don't like getting lamps. Um, is Walmart still open? Not the easiest to, to receive. Um, not a story about a Christmas gift. You know, every, there's, whenever you're traveling there's, for missions, there's always jokes about the food. And I've only ever been to Rwanda. And the food's a bit different there, but it, it's different bland, Right? So it's just, it's, it's not going to taste like Western stuff, but it's just probably just not going to taste. That's, that's, but that's as bad as it gets. It's this stuff called uagali, which is this humongous ball of cassava root. Is that right? And it absolutely tastes like nothing. If you could turn air into glop, that's what it tastes like. It's, but, which is weird, but it's not, that's not hard. Well, our previous pastor here, Andrew, was on a trip up to somewhere in the north and was invited into a home and invited to share in the gift and the honor of 
having a chunk of the rancid whale blubber that was sitting on the kitchen table that you would just go over there with a the knife and cut off a portion and and it, this was a real honor not easily received in fact as the story goes it was chewed and chewed and chewed and then went for a flight across the room and luckily everybody just laughed instead of getting offended but that was not an easy gift to receive true what am I talking about here well God tells us that truth be told his greatest gift which is his son is a free gift but not easily received his own son Jesus Christ and everything he owns is a gift God the father wants to give us his son as a gift a free gift he's just not easily received some of the most famous lines words from scripture from John chapter 3 made famous by football fans across the United States when they hold up the John 3:16 sign during the game and hopefully make it onto the television it says for God so loved the world that he gave there it is it's a gift what did he give his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life he gave his son so that his son would give eternal life this really is the best gift you could ever receive and because it's a gift it really is for free we use the word grace as christians grace isn't um, what you say before you eat so that you can eat it something guilt-free grace means for free you get jesus for free as a gift through faith God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shouldn't perish but have eternal life. God wants to give his son to people who are perishing without him so that they can have eternal life. This is the biggest gift ever. And this is why we celebrate Christmas. This was the actual day where his son, who's lived forever, became a baby inside of uh, Mary and was born. Now, people debate when he was actually born, and that's fine. People love to debate things that don't matter. It doesn't matter the day he was born. It matters that he came. It just does not matter which day he was born. And don't start a sect or a new denomination over that kind of argument. But... The fact that he did come, it was God's biggest gift to us. But this is what John says. As you read on, those lines are famous. What John says next isn't so famous. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Great. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Okay, that's not so encouraging, but listen to what John says next. He says, and this is the judgment. The light, meaning Jesus, has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. No. That's really bad. The light, Jesus Christ, came in the world to be a free gift he himself the gift and eternal life through him the gift and what was the response Uh, people didn't want to receive him because they loved the darkness because their deeds were evil jesus christ is a hard gift to receive because of where our hearts are often at amen and that is of course very 
completely true if someone has heard about Jesus but hasn't come to faith in him yet or still outside of the kingdom, but that can still be kind of true for us sometimes if we are Christians and we are believers. Now, John said this, and what John often does in his gospel or other gospel writers, they'll have Jesus say something and then they'll tell us a story kind of explaining how that works or a time where that situation was overcome because of something. So you might remember the story of Zacchaeus. Has anybody ever heard the story of Zacchaeus before? He was a wee little man, a wee little man. Was he kids? You guys are the best. You know, your parents or your aunts and uncles, once it's past, you know, 1130 in the morning, they don't know how to raise their hands during a message anymore. I don't know what it is, but you guys are ready to go. How, how many of you had chocolate before you came here? Okay, good. That's probably what it was all about. There's a few chocolate confessions out there. But if you're in Luke, before we get to the story of Zacchaeus, we get Jesus, we get the story of the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus, says, I want to live forever. And Jesus says, great, all you need to do is give up all your money, among other things. And the rich young ruler walks away. Jesus wanted to give him himself and wanted to give him eternal life. But it was a hard gift to receive because he was going to have to, it wasn't going to cost him his money. It just meant he can't love Jesus and the money at the same time. And so he didn't want to receive it. And Jesus said, it is impossible for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven unless God does it. Paraphrasing. And then you hear the story of Zacchaeus, which is a story about a rich guy who actually does want Jesus more than his stuff. And when Jesus invites him into his house and says, salvation's come to this guy's house, and Zacchaeus stands up and says, I give away half my stuff, and if I've robbed anybody, which is probably everybody he knows, I'm going to give back fourfold, which means he's pretty much broke by the end of the day. That's the exception to the rule that the rich don't come to the kingdom of God. And so here we have John saying, the light has come into the world to be given as a free gift that results in eternal life, but people don't come because they love because their works were evil. They loved the darkness because their works were evil. And then we hear the story of the Samaritan woman, which is an exception to that rule. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria, which was kind of like the the worst neighborhood, that, that small community next to where you live, which is the bad one. And I'm not going to assume which community you live in or which one is near you, which is the bad one, but that was Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph, Jacob's well. Now, I want you to listen for the word given or gave whenever you hear this, okay? This was the first instance of this because this is a story about giving. John's saying, God loves the whole world, and he gave his son, gave as a gift. And then when, he, when we're going to hear this story about the, the Samaritan woman, that word giver gave keeps showing up over and over and over and over and over again. And so I want you to listen to it. This is the first instance. Jacob's well was there. Sorry. They came to a town of Samaria called Sychar near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. So Jesus is in a place that Jacob gave to his son as a free gift. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. And it was the sixth hour, which meant it was 12 o'clock. It was lunchtime. But it was also high noon, which meant the sun was in the sky at the hottest part of its day. And here is Jesus, tired from his journey, really hot, sitting beside a well. And a woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give 
me a drink. Just a simple request. But again, that key word give is coming up. And it's kind of interesting. Like Jesus is an able-bodied man. But there he is sitting beside the well. And as the story goes on, you kind of know Jesus knows what he's doing here. Jesus was a prophet. And Jesus is God. And so whenever he's interacting with anybody, he knows what's going on and he knows what he's doing. And so he begins with a request. Give me a drink. Here comes this woman. And it says, For his disciple had gone away into the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and there's the word again, if you knew the gift of God... And who it was that is saying to you, give me a drink, there it is again, you would have asked him, and he would have given you, there it is again, living water. The bait was put out there, give me a drink, and she responds, and Jesus brings the trap. Now, in one sense, you can kind of understand her wondering what in the world is going on here. Um, if you're walking around Portage and Maine downtown and someone comes up to you asking for stuff, now some, you know, you might be in a generous mood or you might be downtown with some coins in your pocket ready to give it away, but there is a bit of a what's going on here moment, you know, and if they, can you just stop for a bit? Can you, could, do you mind just walking down this dark alley with me? You know, there's a little bit of, Uh, I have pepper spray. You know, there's a little bit of this what is going on here moment. And this is a very natural reaction that you can't really blame this woman for. She comes to this well. This is her well. This is her town's well. She knows this well. She knows every rock on this well. She knows everybody in town. And she knows that this guy does not belong here. He's a stranger. She's never seen him before. And as soon as he opens his mouth, and maybe she can tell by how he's dressing or how he talks, she knows he's not a Samaritan. He's not even part of this neighborhood. He's a Jew traveling through. So right away, her her hair's a little bit up. You know, she's a cat with the curved back, you know, and the the, the dog, the ears are back, or the horse, the ears are back. And you just, you know, and you, you can hardly blame her in one sense. Because Jesus just looks like a guy. He's not kind of descending in glory with all the angels around him singing. And you can kind of understand. Why are you even asking me? She says, we shouldn't be talking to each other. But already, this conversation is a gift she doesn't quite know how to receive. Like she is talking to the Son of God. Ear to ear, mouth to mouth. It's already the greatest gift of her life. To be at a well with Jesus. But it's weird, and she doesn't know how to receive it. Even this request, like, if Jesus asked you to get him a drink, that is the greatest privilege of your life. To pull water for the Son of God, the Messiah, this is the greatest privilege. Just to be asked is amazing. And she's like, so he's not, he's a gift, but he's not easily received all the time. Jesus responds and said, if you knew the gift of God, who's the gift of God? He's the gift. We already learned that from the last, God so loved the world that he gave his son. If you knew the gift of God, me, you would have said to me, 
Would you give me some living water? So, again, sometimes Jesus is hard to receive because he's confusing. And he is confusing right now. She has no idea why he just said what he just said. Why are you asking me for water? You don't belong here. Well, if you knew who I was, and when I asked you for a drink of water, you would have asked me for a drink of living water. Okay, that is just so weird. Right? Can we just be like... But we, I know we need to say the Bible is awesome because we're Christians, but if we can just get into that moment for a second, this is so bizarre. And Jesus is not acting normally. And, so, and she's trying to figure out what's going on here. But he, this is the greatest thing that's ever going to happen to her. It's just very confusing at the moment because Jesus is a gift that is not always easily received. Then the woman said, Sir, you have nothing to draw the water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Again, she's thinking of this very worldly, and and why not? She has no idea she's talking to the Son of God. She's just talking to some freakazoid who's saying, I can get you living water, which is a bit of a weird phrase. For us, we kind of think about it a bit more spiritually, maybe the Holy Spirit. But for them, that was a way of describing fresh water. Like if you had a great stream going by and you had clear water in that, and it would be different than a well that has kind of stagnant water just sitting at the bottom collecting bugs. You had a real river going by. That was living water. It was fresh water. That's why when you turn on the tap, you let it run for a long time because you've got stagnant water in your pipes, right? And you want to run it until that fresh living water comes out that tastes cold and doesn't taste like lead or whatever. It shouldn't taste like lead or else you're really sick. But, you know, it doesn't taste like plastic, something like that. That's what's going on. She, he's saying, if, and that's what she hears. If, if you knew who you're talking to, you would have asked me for fresh water. But he's talking about more than fresh water. She says, are you greater than Jacob, our father? And I think what's going on here, she's throwing a little like um, who I know, you know, just a little name dropping. Yeah, you're a Jew, that's great. But you know, Jacob, who is Israel, you know, the father of the Jews, Jacob, Israel, the father of the Jews. You say you're great because you're a Jew, but your dad, 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 grandpa, this is his well, and I drink from it every day. And you don't. I drink Jacob water every day. You think you're better than me? You're not. You know, there's a little bit of that going on. And you don't even have a bucket. This is the conversation. I'm drinking Jacob water every day. You don't even have a bucket. And there's no rivers around here because I live here and I know this. You're muy loco. Who do you think you are? You think you're better than me? You think you're better than Jacob? Jesus responds again in a way that throws her off. He said, Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, notice that word again, will never thirst again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, can I, sorry, just let me underline, eternal life. Do you hear that word again? So I talked to you, the gift is the son who gives eternal life. And then again, give, 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 give. Jesus wants to give something that will result in eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not be thirsty 
or have to come here to draw water. Okay, so she's starting to warm up to this idea. Okay, he's a little crazy, but if it's true that he has a little bit of, he has got the bottled water that if you drink it, you never get thirsty again, that's, that, I'm at least willing to try. That's where she's at. She's, she's on the phone with the telemarketer. You know, I saw the video and I, the slap chop looks okay. And so, you know, I'm willing to try. Is it a 90 day cash back guarantee and you'll pay the shipping? Okay. I'm willing to give the slap chop a try. If it doesn't break, I'll pay the money. You know, that's where she's at. If I can just pull in the slap chop and still retain your respect. <laughs> Not easily done either. And, and you can kind of imagine the appeal, okay? She lives in the Middle East where you're pretty much thirsty all the time because it's hot every day. And this woman's, we're going to find out, in a, in a bit of a rough place socially. She's coming to draw water at the well in the middle of the day, which is not usually when you want to do that. Now, I mean, she might have just had a bad day. She might have been had had her water buckets all full, but then, you know, the goat kicked it over or something like that. She's replenishing something that was lost. But typically, women in this culture would get out there to the well all together early on in the day before it's too hot, before you're working up a sweat. And I don't know if you've noticed this. I'm sorry if this seems a little bit like that, but women tend to like to do stuff together. Really? Oh, yeah, it's true. I don't know if they're actually able to, like, join gyms, except by threes. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just kidding a little bit there. But it's kind of how, it's kind of how it works, you know. Uh, Debbie, I want to, you know, it's New Year's, and I've made some revolu- resolutions. Want to make some resolutions with me? Oh, right, we're in this. And the dudes are kind of like, well, I'm thinking about this. And if I do it, I do. And if I don't, I don't. Nobody knows what you've been thinking until after you've done it or not. You're just so low, you know. That, that movie was about every guy. That's why nobody went to it. I don't need to watch a movie about solo. I'm living it, you know. So the fact that she came out all by herself is probably really telling. You may have heard this before, that... Her friendships are on the rocks a little bit. But she's really interested in this potential of becoming a superwoman who never has to drink water in the Middle East and maybe never has to show up at this dang well ever again that just reminds her that she's there by herself alone. Plus, it's just heavy. Sounds appealing. And I think she's up to the, I'm willing to try the slap chop. Is that all that God wants to give her? What's the gift? Himself. And so Jesus has to do something that's going to make it even more difficult for her to receive this gift. He's going to have a very uncomfortable conversation with her. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here which is a a conversation shift, totally out of left field, and if he he were in high-pressure sales, is the worst move he could have made. She's ready to sign on the dotted line, and he starts talking about her family. Just no. Just no. No, if she pulls out the pen, you just be quiet until the ink's on the page, and then you can talk about whatever you want, once it's legally binding. But he brings her to the place, I'm interested in what you're saying. Okay, let's talk about the greatest pains in your life. She responds, the woman answers, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. 
And the one that you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Awkward. Right? These are those conversations that when you go to your family gathering, you don't ask, you don't bring these things up. Right? Super awkward. All of a sudden, she's in this crazy place. At first, she thought he was crazy. And then she thought he was really crazy. And then she thought, he might be crazy, but it sounds like he has something interesting for me. And now he's asked me a question that made me feel very uncomfortable, and I didn't even want to talk about it. So instead of saying that I'm living with someone who isn't my husband after having had 500 before, five before, sorry, not 500 before, but five husbands before, um, she just kind of deflects, I don't have a husband. He says, you're right. This is who you are. Five husbands plus one. Despite what she says next, you can just imagine what's going on in her heart. Anybody ever, when you're in high school, have dreams that you were late for your final exams and end up running to school in just your underpants? No? Okay. We had different lives then. (laughs) This is one of those moments you most fear. Naked in front of a stranger. Exposed in front of a crowd. Now, God is trying to give her the greatest gift she would ever receive. Right now, it is very difficult for her to receive it. So she wants to change the subject. And so she says, Sir, this is verse 19, I perceive that you are a prophet. True. Let's not talk about me. Let's talk about you. That's an old pastor's trick. How are you doing? If you're out for lunch, when the food arrives, that's when you start asking them, so tell me about how you came to the Lord, you know, and then you while their food's getting cold in front of them. This is a conversational manipulation. Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. She goes on to say, our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you don't know, we worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ. And when he comes, he will teach us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So this is how I understand what happens, okay? So she's a Samaritan, and the Samaritans had this, in their Bible, somebody had gone in there, and at the end of the Ten Commandments had written in, you shall worship the Lord on Mount Gerizim. Okay? And I actually checked this out. So I had a professor at one time who who had done a translation of the Samaritan Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, from the Hebrew, and he'd done his thesis on it. And so, and it was in the library where I was, and I went and checked it out, and it is literally true. Somebody had gone into the Pentateuch, the first five books, books of the Bible, and they'd gone into Exodus and Deuteronomy, where it has the Ten Commandments, and they had made the Tenth Commandment, you will worship the Lord on this mountain. 
That's where this debate is coming from. But the mountain they said you had to worship on is not the one that's in Jerusalem where the temple was. Can you see the conflict? Okay. So you've got the temple in Jerusalem, but you also have another peop- some other people who have tr- are treating as a Bible, a book with an extra verse in there, that says you need to worship here. Welcome to their biggest conflict. This is why they didn't talk to each other. And so she, wanting to deflect away from what's going on in her heart and in her home and in her village, wants to talk about a theological question and said, let's, let's debate where you should worship, okay? I'm a Calvinist. You're an Arminian. Let's go at it, okay? What's the bread? Is it actually Jesus or is it just a symbol? What does the Holy Spirit do? Are the gifts still for today? Are you a cessationist or not? Let's fight. Let's argue. Let's talk about it. Let's get down. Let's brass tack it. Let's, let's really sort this stuff out. And Jesus answers her question, but he answers the question in a way that is wanting to try to give her the water he wants to give her. Amen? So this is the thing. He wants to give her a free gift that it's just hard to receive. And he's leading her in the most confusing conversation she's ever had to try to get around her defenses and get around the lies in her head and bring her to a place where she will receive the gift. He said, you know what? He said, the hour's coming when neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You want to talk about which mountains we're going to worship on? There's a time coming when you're not even going to wonder which mountain. You can worship God on any mountain, or in any valley, or in a boat, or in a submarine, or in outer space. A time is coming where mountains aren't going to matter at all. Then he gives her a little correction, because he says, you worship what you don't know, meaning there is something missing in your theology. Then we worship what we do know, meaning that we we do understand things better than you as Jews, because of the scripture, and particularly because she's talking to Jesus. But the hour is coming now, sorry, and is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. She says, I'm going to get to this a little bit more in a second. And she says, I know that Messiah is coming, and when he comes, he'll teach us all things. So how do you, how do you end a debate? Well, we don't totally know right now, but some time God will make it clear. Right? That's how you end a debate when you don't think you're winning the debate about the Bible anymore. You have a lot of good points, and they're all better than mine. But you know what? Who knows, really? But God's going to show up one day. When Jesus comes back, we'll know. So this is kind of what she's trying to pull. When Messiah comes, he'll make it all clear to us. And then he answers, yeah, I'm right here. Okay. So, so far we're clear. This is about her getting a gift that's hard to receive. Now, this is the big question, and this is kind of where, let me just land the plane. This whole conversation has been about how thirsty she is. Right? She's coming to a well for water because she's thirsty. And he caught her attention by saying, I can satisfy your thirst in a way that you'll never be thirsty again. I can give you a water that when you drink it, you'll never need to drink again. And then we think the conversation's changed to talking about husbands, talking about mountains. The conversation has not changed. The whole question is, is she thirsty enough to actually receive this gift? That's the whole question. The whole question. Woman, are you actually thirsty enough to receive this hard gift? 
It's totally free. It's just hard to receive. Are you thirsty enough to welcome it? That's the whole question. And that is literally the question in every single person's life. Are you actually thirsty enough to receive the gift of God? It is a free gift. It's just hard to receive sometimes. Not because of what God is doing, but because of us. We want to dance. We want to dodge. We want to kind of manipulate. We kind of want to have... Let's, let's, we can discuss this stuff if you want to, just not at Christmas time because we want to stay peaceful at our family gathering. But we'll, well, we're welcome to have the discussions as a philosophical, uh, just theoretical conversation that titillates the mind. As long as you don't talk about what's going on in my home, please, God, just let's not address the home. Or what's really going on in my heart. We're happy to do this. The question is, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for God? And yes, that totally counts. In all those days before I became a Christian as a teenager, and I was trying every single thing to satisfy that desire. Everything I could get my hands on, that money could buy, that wouldn't land me in jail. I was trying it. Because I was thirsty just didn't know what I was thirsty for. And when people started talking to me about Jesus, it's like, this seems like a drink that's very hard to receive because it's going to make me feel really uncomfortable for a lot of that time. And this is the question for her. Are you thirsty enough? And this is the question for Christians too. And pastors. I'm wave. This is the me too pastor wave. This is always the question for us. Are you thirsty for Jesus? Because God has more Jesus to give. And it will be free. It will be just as free to receive the living water of Christ again. The living water of the Spirit again. It will be just as free tomorrow as the first time you received Him. Because it's a gift. It's a gift. It's always a gift. You can only receive Jesus for free by faith. That's the only way to ever get Him. Every day. The question is always, are you thirsty? Because this woman in this moment when Jesus says, I'm the Messiah. Either the conversation about her husbands and lack thereof and the conversations about her mountain and lack thereof is either going to leave her so thirsty that she will give Jesus a shot and, and come to him. Or she'll, she'll be like, you know what, I, I actually, I've, I've got the well, I've got my home, I've got my village, it's not perfect. But I'm okay. And the issue will be she wasn't thirsty enough. This this is every day, this is the question for us. Do you want him? Because there's more Jesus. Do you want to live forever? Or are you in love with the darkness? Because God's got Jesus to give, and he's got eternal life to give, and it really is for free. You just receive it by faith. Say, okay, I'm going to trust I'm going to trust, give. And there's more Jesus. So you guys know the story. She goes off. It's a funny time for her to leave, but she does leave and she goes and tells the entire village, you guys to check this guy out. I think he's the Messiah. Because he told me my whole life. He didn't. Just, just the one part she didn't want to talk about. But you can kind of see something's flipped here. First she's like, let's not talk about the men in my life. And now it's like, I've met somebody that makes that conversation not matter anymore. 
Amen? Okay. Hey, guys, you know, hey, it's me, that lady who's been avoiding you. Because <laughs> I know what you talk about when you're in your houses. Hey, oh, you guys got to check this out. Yes, uh, forget that guy I'm living with. I want you to meet somebody else, some other guy. He's kind of weird. And he's offering things that nobody else can offer. But he literally told me things that he could not know. Come and drink. Come and drink. Come, come for free. And they, they get convinced. They believe. These Samaritans believe because they're willing to come. They do come. And so, what does this have to do with Christmas? Maybe nothing. Does it matter? Oh, man, I get pressed. You've got to make a Christmas sermon. I just, that's my one rebellious streak. My only one rebellious streak I've ever got. I don't get told what to preach about by... Uh, Halloweens or anything like that. But I love Easter. This is always the question. We are going to unwrap some presents and have some meetings and eat some food. And you know what? You are going to be so hungry afterwards for God. Isn't that just true? You can get the Legos. You can get the 7,500-piece Millennium Falcon. And once it's built... You're going to be so thirsty for Christ. Christian, non-Christian, I don't know your past, but we're going to be so hungry again tomorrow. We're going to be so thirsty come January 1. There literally is not enough water in the world to satisfy our thirst. But God, as a free gift, will give us Jesus again. If, if we just, we seek Him by faith. Receive Him by faith. I just... God, you give this. Give it to me. Give it to me. Now, sometimes when you're at that point where you're like interested, you think, okay, so what does that look like? What would that look like? That means you're coming close. You're at that place like, well, I'm willing, I'm willing to sign up for the slap chop. Don't ask what it would look like. Say, God, just whatever you got to do, give me Jesus. God is so much better at figuring out how to get Jesus to us when we're hungry and thirsty than we could ever try to perform to get him. Plus, it's supposed to come as a free gift. Right? If I, if we, tomorrow morning we open a present and one of the kids are like, oh, thanks for the present, Dad, and here's 20 bucks, it's all I've got, and maybe I can just shovel the driveway for the next two months to pay it off. I will freak out. What do you think of me? What is wrong with you? Now I'm going to have to apologize for being angry. Because you're trying to pay me for a present. That's the point of being a dad. You give some of your kids. It's the whole point of being a dad. Ah! It's the whole point of giving. And this is the crazy thing about John 3. The whole point of being God the Father is you give your dad, your kid away. For free. And they were like, what do I got to do? How do I got to make this? Where are you? you just receive it for free. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. And it's past 8 o'clock. Well, this is my, all my sleeping kids, maybe. <laughs> Simple message. Be like the woman at the well. Get convinced that even though it's sometimes strange, and even though it's sometimes difficult and uncomfortable, and even though it's sometimes so weird, Jesus is a gift worth receiving every day. And if you're not hungry, pray you'll get hungry. If you're not thirsty, ask to get thirsty. And just 
and receive him afresh for free this Christmas and all year. Let's sing. I'm going to pray and you guys can get ready to lead us. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this Christmas Eve. And Father, I just even starting to pray. I know I have not done a good job of expressing your heart. Father, you know what we were talking in Romans. Like, if you did not spare your own son but gave him up for us, how will you not also give us all things? Father, you want to give us Jesus. And you've made it so easy. You sent him to the cross to forgive us our sins. You raised him from the dead so that we would have a living Savior. You sent the Spirit to change us from the inside out. God, you have done all the hard work. Father, I just pray for me and for my kids and for my family and for everybody here who's come just to be with you. And God, I pray that you would stir up in us just such a thirst for Christ. Holy Spirit, would you give us such a hunger for Christ? And Lord, would you help us where we're trying to feed that hunger somewhere that's never going to satisfy? Would you just help us get it? And Lord, the same way you could confront the woman at the well without shaming her, you said, you know what? All this stuff is true. You weren't berating. You weren't condemning. I pray, Father, that you would show us where we've been going after stuff in that way that only you can do, where we see the truth and we know we're wrong, but we're not called to leave, but to come closer to you. I pray you would do that. God, my desire for 2019 is it would be the year of people just becoming so obsessed with Jesus. This, this living water giver, this free gift that keeps on giving. I pray you do it. Lord, would you be blessed as we worship you. Amen.